Hey, I'm Brant. And I'm John. Got a question for you. Are you done with routine religion? Are you bored with lifeless faith or ready to give up on God? We've talked to way too many people who are either leaving the faith because of how stiff and cold some people make it feel, or they're really hesitant to start following Jesus because of the lives of other Christians. We think it's time that a different narrative was heard. Some people think following Jesus is boring or lifeless. We disagree. In fact, this podcast is about helping you follow Jesus with confidence and enthusiasm. Because following Jesus doesn't suck. Welcome to the Following Jesus Doesn't Suck podcast. Today we're going to be talking about fake news. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Man, that's such a funny term, though. If you think about it, like that was not really much of a term before this, like, previous election cycle or political cycle yeah it's right? new to the last like four years fake news that you know well i mean i've been thinking that for years but like that let's talk about fake news today because we're not talking politics at a please don't ever get me talking <laughs> politics i don't i am the least political person out there um it's a, it's a good thing but you're never going to hear me talk about it so um we're not talking about politics when it comes to fake news we're talking about real life we're talking about real living today. We're talking about, is your faith fake news? Um, when it comes to living confidently, which is what we've been talking about this whole season on the Following Jesus Doesn't Suck podcast, right? We've been talking about how, how do you live confidently for Jesus? How do you, when you follow Jesus, you actually get this burst of confidence about your life. The reality though is, if we're looking at some Christians, they don't look super confident and 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 maybe, maybe it's possible. I know. I'm I'm asking the question. I'm throwing it out there. Maybe it's possible. They're not confident because their faith is fake news. Oh, I think I said that. Did I go there? <laughs> uh, but that's what we're going to talk about because the passage we've been looking at, First John chapter three, verses like sixteen through twenty-one, uh, really kind of throws it out there like if, if you've really received the grace and love of God, it'll do certain things about your life and confidence is one of the things that'll give you. So if you don't have confidence in your life, um, it's a good question to ask, is your faith fake news? I want to start though by talking about, um, uh, it was an experience I had in high school baseball. I was a big baseball fan in high school, played baseball, loved baseball. and uh, Remind um, us what position you played. Uh, I was a, well, I was a, mainly a catcher and a pitcher. Okay. Okay. So yeah. And I was a leadoff batter. Um, fun fact, I am number 13 on the state Michigan high school state all-time list of stolen bases in a season. Wow. Yeah. I'm nice. like slightly behind Derek Jeter. So <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's, it's I'm a little bit behind Derek Jeter. Are Christian's allowed to steal bases. Drew Brees is on there as well. Drew Brees? Um, yeah. No way. That's uh, no, I'm sorry, not Drew Brees. Wow. <laughs> he, Drew Henson, different oh, okay. quarterback. Drew Henson, okay. another yeah. good quarterback. Yeah, good quarterback. Wow, uh, got my Drews mixed up. Um, <laughs> Drew Henson played for Michigan. Um, anyways, uh, loved baseball, played baseball, and actually um, our team was, was pretty decent, and at the time, it was pretty much my life. Like I loved it. I lived it. I breathed it. And so did a lot of my friends. I think that was what made me love baseball so much was it not just a me thing, but like we all were obsessed with baseball and which was really fun until we had to play against each other. Sometimes we were able to be on each other's teams, 
But other times we had really good friends on other teams and it was really intense, right? Sometimes um, it was funny. Sometimes we were like com competitive. Sometimes we were laughing at each other. Um, sometimes we hyped each other up. Other times we totally trash talked each other. Man, I love me some good trash talk. When uh, yeah. when you're competing against friends, oh, it's amazing. Oh, one time, one time <laughs> my brother was on the other team, um, and I told him every, it was so funny because I I'm I'm his brother. I know I know his weaknesses when he's batting, and I was the catcher, and so I told him every pitch that was coming, and he still struck out. <laughs> <laughs> and which is I was like baiting him so hard. Which anyway. is the point of trash talk. You know the person yeah. that you're playing against is good, yeah. but you just want to like get into their psyche. and, and, right. and like I know you could have hit all those, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah. So there was this one friend we had who played on a different team, and I'm not going to say his name, um, but he loved to talk, <laughs> especially about himself. I mean, this guy, like, he made everyone think that he was the stuff. He, I mean, he, he had all the expensive equipment, right? The bracelets, the eye black, the, you know, the new cleats. He had the nicest bat on the team. I mean, he was like name dropping certain college scouts that were like contacting him and stuff like that. So, and, and the funny thing was, and this was the most like, like obvious that he was like hyping himself up was he was like talking about how fast he could throw a, ba a baseball, right? He's like, yeah, man, I mean, I was like hitting mid eighties the other day. I mean, this guy threw cheese puffs. I mean, he was throwing <laughs> meatballs, like not fast at all, right? He's like mid-70s, low-70s, maybe. And if you don't play baseball, I'm throwing numbers at you. What I mean to say is he was very, very average. Right, which, like, what's a what's a professional throw at? So a, a Major League Baseball pitcher um, will throw between high 80-mile-an-hour fastball to mid 90 miles an hour fastball yeah. right so that's i guess that's what i was saying when he's throwing a fastball from the pitcher's mound it's coming at the batter at you know 75 miles an hour which for high school baseball is pretty average yeah. um you know might even be fast but wasn't really i mean he's talking about i can throw a baseball 90 some or 80 some miles an hour and we're like uh, okay sure so we're we're like practicing hard all week to play his team and he's pitching, and we're like, oh, dear. And he throws the first couple pitches, and we're like, are you serious? <laughs> he was, oh, man. It, he was not throwing hard at all, which was so funny. Um, because when we discovered that, I, here's the truth that I, I, I'm, like, thinking about. It's like, talent cannot come out of a player that did not be, um, if it's not there to begin with. Yeah. Right? Like, this guy was not actually as good as he said he was we saw no scouts there his expensive bat got one hit in the three years we played against him and he couldn't throw the ball hard at all he was all talk and as much as he wanted to brag about all of that there wasn't much that impressed us about him why because talent cannot come out of a player if it's not there to begin with that's how you know it's there. When you begin to see someone playing very good, that's how you know the talent is there. The overflow is the evidence of the fullness. Okay, come on. I'm going to say that again because I hope you get that. The overflow is the evidence of the fullness. In other words, what comes out is proof of what was already in. Right. If you're full of talent, it's going to flow out of you. Yeah. yeah. If you're a good hitter... You might not get a hit every time, but you're going to get lots of hits. Right. 
if you are a good pitcher, you're not going to strike everybody by, out, but it's going to be hard to play against you. The overflow is the evidence of the fullness. And some people are like this friend of ours when it comes to their faith. They look the part. They even talk the part. right? You might have a, a Bible verse in your bio on Instagram. You, you, you might have a, a cross around your necklace, um, that kind of stuff. You, you go to church on a Sunday morning. like You look the part and you talk the part. But, but some people are like this where they have nothing godly coming out of their lives. Because they were never filled with him in the first place. What comes out is proof of what was already in. What do I mean? There is a lot of people these days claim to have faith. Whether you see them at your school or on your sports team or maybe uh, you're not in school and you have a job and they're at your job or people at your church even. You might even be one of these people who claim to believe in Jesus, but the rest of your life says you don't and no one's buying it. Right, and the funny thing about this is that they do those things. They put the scripture in their bio. They attend church every Sunday and they, uh, you know, share the right photos and memes or whatever it is that they do because that's what they think Christianity is. And so it's really easy to tell when... Um, someone isn't full um, yeah. because yeah. because the, what what they're doing isn't even the the things that you know we would naturally consider uh, to be Christian things like being filled with humility or forgiveness right. or love and it's just it's just outward appearance things right see there there's this natural progression of things especially when it comes to your heart when you actually believe something you actually do actions that are a result of that. Um, you will always act as you believe. Right. You can't not act as you believe. That's that's how belief works. And and so you can say you believe something. That's a totally different thing. Um, but when you actually believe something or you put your faith in it, you will act on it. Faith always results in actions. Right. So we're not talking like, like being a perfect Christian. No, that's no, not no, what no. we're talking about. We're talking about... Hey, maybe you do fail, but you're going to turn to Jesus after you fail. You're going to seek forgiveness right. from the people that you may have harmed. And and so it's it's not about being perfect, it, but there are specific characteristics that flow out of the heart of a Christian who has faith in Jesus. Right, because if you really believe what the, the gospel says, it changes you at a heart level. It, it doesn't just change the title, which is true. Um, you are now a child of God. You're a new creation. You're you're um, you've passed from darkness to light. You're you're now um, in the family of God. You've been adopted. Um, like those things are true about you, but there's also something that changes on the inside of you. God said, "I will give them. I will replace a heart of stone with a heart of flesh. I will I'll give them a new heart." And and so when there's something different operating on the inside, it naturally will produce something different operating on the outside. So when, when your natural, like, char- the characteristic about your life, those actions that you are generally doing, when those are m- lacking in faith, there's a reason to ask if the faith is on the inside at all. So you can, you can say all day long that you believe in Jesus, but until it's seen in the way that you act on a, on a normal basis, in the way that you love, in the way that you give, right, in the joy you experience, th- there's actually not a whole lot of reason for people to believe your claim 
uh, of Christianity. So that's why we're asking the question, is your faith fake news? Is, is your faith just something you talk about or is, is, it, is it backed up by the general pattern of your life? If it's not, how do you know? If it's not fake news, how do you know? So, so with regular fake news, how do we decipher what's fake news? We usually go to the source. We try to figure out where this is coming from, mm-hmm. right? So right. how can we tell if our faith is fake news? Well, check this out. This is 1 John chapter 3, and we're, we've read a couple verses in the previous episodes up until 1 John 3.19. We're going to read 1 John 3.19 and 20. It says, our actions will show that we belong to the truth. Oh, man. Just what I was talking about. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So, so as a result, therefore, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Not because of our actions, but because of the truth that our actions describe. Right? Even if we feel guilty, God's greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. Well, it's like the Bible knew that, like... I mean, just even if we feel guilty, like the fact that it th- that John right. threw that in there. Right. I mean, I yeah, mean, you're gonna you're insight. gonna feel guilty as a Christian because you're not perfect. You're gonna sin. Newsflash. So so um, even when that's true, but the other condition is true that you that you are are truly have faith in Jesus and your in your the general pattern of your life is is in the actions that you live and perform and in the behaviors that you uh, you have of that are true about your life, when those are pointing to faith that is given to you by God, that is saving, that is forgiving, that is redeeming, when that faith is in you and your actions are the general pattern of your life is pointing to that, there will be times you feel guilty, but you also know, yeah, but God's greater than that because he's forgiven that. Again, not giving you a free pass to, to do whatever you want um, because, well, I, I mean, maybe it is because uh, I love this quote, um, and I don't even remember who it's from, but I think it's, I want to say it's from John Piper, but I should look this up first. But anyways, I'm going to throw it out there because it just hit me. Um, it is, love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and do what you want. Why does that make sense as a Christian? Because when you do the first thing, all you want will be Jesus. That's right. All you want will be a life that is is filled with Jesus, is is characterized by holiness. So, so you're not gonna you're gonna mess that up. You're gonna make mistakes. You're not gonna get that perfect. And in those moments, God's greater than those moments, and He's He's forgiving and He's redeeming. Did you find who, who, who wrote that? No. I did not, no. Anyways, um, I'll have to look that up later. Maybe we'll post that in the show notes. Um, but the truth of the matter is if it's true on the inside, it'll begin to be revealed on the outside. In other words, real faith is seen in real life. Uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a car engine. You, you, my wife and I are in the market for a new car right now. So we're looking at a lot of things and, you know, obviously the first thing that you can easily see on the outside is, is it rusted? Does it have new tires? How, do all the lights work? Um, right, that kind yeah. of stuff, right? Um, let's just imagine we go to look at a car and we're, we see all these things and we go to take it for a test drive. We like it. It's got good mileage. You know, it's, you know, 
50,000 miles. We're in the market for a used car, so bear with me, <laughs> right? 50,000 miles is used car, is lightly used, right? It's uh, It fits our family of four. It, it's, it's a sport utility vehicle, which is kind of what we're looking for. And we like the color, and it's got brand new tires. And, and we go to turn the key, and nothing's happening. The car won't move. Why? Oh, wait, what? There's no engine in the car? Are you kidding me? And I think the truth of the matter is we act like that at Christ, some Christians who claim to be Christians act like that, where it's like they on the outside are are displaying all the right labels of a Christian, but there's no faith actually on the inside. And what's the result? They don't actually act like a Christian. Right. There's the, the behaviors are lacking because the internal faith is lacking. Um, and And so... Faith is supposed to act like that. When God's love inspires us and it captivates our hearts and it moves us, God's grace moves us to love other people like Jesus does, to to worship God above myself like Jesus did, and to cover those around me um, like Jesus. That's how God's grace works. It, It moves from the inside out. And so when that outward action is lacking, it's a very good question to say, is my faith fake news? Right, and so just like when we go to buy a car, you should probably always test drive the car because then you'll oh, know yeah. if there's an engine in oh, it yeah. or not, right? <laughs> yeah. you got to test drive it. Um, but also when it comes to your faith, we need to be examining ourselves. Right. We need to be looking at what's on the inside. So I think there's a lot of reasons that and 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 I, I ask these questions not to put judgment on you or for frankly not for you to put judgment on somebody else even. Um, it's it's good questions to ask because it matters for you to ask you. That I think that's why we're the, why we're raising this because it's in the text of scripture, First John three. You know, I, I think it's there is that God wants you to ask you, um, and so examine yourself. Like maybe there's reasons that are are just kind of keeping you from acting like a like someone who has real saving redeeming faith on the inside obviously the biggest reason is you may not actually have that faith jesus is not actually your lord you've not actually surrendered your life to him and and my invitation to you is what are you waiting for like the amount of confidence that you get from having your eternal destiny redeemed and secure, the amount of joy that you're going to get, which we'll talk about in a later season. The, I mean, following Jesus, really, it doesn't suck. And there's a lot of reasons to follow Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. But the reality is sometimes people don't want to do that because it means you don't get to be Lord. It, it means that that you, this life is not actually about you. And so um, if you're struggling with that, just like giving up lordship to Jesus and like you, yeah, I'll go to church. I'll, I'll, I'll say that I'm a Christian, but like he doesn't get to determine everything about my life. Well, then that's a good question to ask is if, if your faith is fake news, because that's not how Christianity works. Christianity is you give up, uh, sovereignty of your own life. You give that up to Jesus. He gets to be the one who's Lord. Um, but there's some other reasons also why you may not actually be acting as if your faith is real. Because I think just like a you know a car not having an engine, there's other reasons a car doesn't work. Like stuff could be clogging the engine. Stuff could yeah. be getting in the way or like uh, something could be lacking and... Um, Don't have any gas. Right, exactly. <laughs> so there might be just things that are clogging 
your operation of faith in your life. Um, there's the faith is real, but it's just kind of like there's stuff that's stopping you from living it out, such as fear, right? Fear of other people's opinions. You fear potential consequences, or maybe you fear being real or known or open or vulnerable. Can I just uh, speak to that for a moment, that one of the most courageous things that God invites you to do to experience wholeness and healing and freedom is to be vulnerable. You will never actually receive, or at least believe you're receiving, true and unconditional love until someone loves you in your vulnerable moments. And you can't ever let someone into those vulnerable moments. You can't ever uh, experience love from somebody else unless you let them into those vulnerable moments. Um, and, and you fear that. Yeah, fear would, keeps uh, you from living that out. Yeah, I'd also say, uh, and go back to our verse where it talks about God is greater than our feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, the first person that we can be vulnerable with is God. Mm -hmm. He's not going to mm -hmm. be ashamed oh, or man, turn away from yeah. your feelings. Uh, he's greater than our feelings. so And he's there for you, and he will never let you down. He loves you so much. And, and so you don't have to fear, but I think fear keeps us from, from truly experiencing the love of God and then giving it to other people. Uh, another thing that might be you know kind of stopping you is you really just like the things that this world offers. I mean, and I, and I say this in front of a mirror, metaphorically, because... This is just as true for me as it probably is for you. But you really like the things of this world and you don't want to give them up. In other words, you're selfish. I'm selfish. And a lot of times that keeps me from truly experiencing uh, the fullness of following Jesus and, and the joy and the confidence and the, and the peace and the hope and the um, purpose that it brings is I just don't want to give up me things. Yeah, sometimes selfishness, I, I, at least for myself, I feel like that that's the hardest thing to battle against, selfishness. Uh, yeah. It's just so pervasive. I, I think that we just have this innate thing in us that just wants to be selfish. Yeah, and yeah. so it, a lot of us just uh, react to uh, a lot of things that, that happen in our lives to be selfish instead of proactively uh, deciding ahead of time, mm -hmm. hey, I'm not going to be selfish, and here's some things that I'm going to do so that I'm not selfish in these situations. Selfishness, um, busyness is another one. Yeah, can, I, can I speak to the elephant in the room? I mean, we're, we're both pastors here, and so one of the things that we try to promote in people's lives is the regular practice of spiritual disciplines. Uh, and uh, let's be honest, I don't know what the statistics are, but they're extremely low on regular church attendance, regular giving, regular Bible reading, regular prayer in the Christian's life. You might be getting so busy and focused on things that 10 years from now don't matter. Yeah. Can I, uh, I hate being the guy speaking all the blunt truth here, but like <laughs> the things that you're worried about this weekend probably, I'm going to say that with an asterisk because they might but probably won't matter five years from now. But I can even say this, the things that you're worried about definitely won't matter 200 years from now. Right. Like when you're in eternity, are you going to be worried about it? Here's a good question I like to ask myself a lot of times. Five minutes after I die, will this matter? If it won't, then I'm not going to worry about it for more than five minutes. 
And let me put that in a really practical sense. Your coach calls a practice on Sunday morning, a game on Sunday morning. Your coach has a tournament for your kids on Sunday morning. And you're wrestling with the choice, do I take them to church or do I go to the tournament or the game or the practice or whatever, or just frankly sleep in? And you're worried that if you don't, they're not going to play, they're not going to be popular, you're going to look bad, you're going to feel guilty as a parent, whatever it is. Five minutes after you die, will it matter? Take your kid to church. Right. There, okay, let me give you an easy one. That's, there are other questions I rec recognize are not easy. That one's easy. Be the person who sets up a structure of, 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 a, of a pattern in your kid's life of a spiritual discipline. It's called making a disciple. Same word, discipline, disciple. Set up a spiritual discipline to be regularly in the house of God. Um, oh, but I don't want to force it on them. Like, you're forcing school on them. You're forcing other ways of training them up in the way that they should go because you're a parent. That's your job to set them up for the most success in life. Set them up for spiritual success by taking them to church every Sunday. Anyways, that was that was a soapbox, but um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, you. The reality is that's just one example. You might be getting so busy with things that don't matter long term. So one of those things, I think, and this is one of the hardest ones, is our jobs. Our job, I, mean, I, yes. I think that's a really hard one um, because we all Which we're at, make... you and me are at our job right now. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> we have to ask ourselves that question right, right now all the time. Um, but I mean, we want to make money. We want to provide for our families. We want to uh, our children to have certain things, right? And so, yeah. um, being able to balance our work life is is a difficult thing. But you you need to be examining yourself, and you need to think: um, Could I? do with less a little less money maybe if I if I if that means I don't have to work overtime every week or could I yeah. uh, be spending more time with my family and, and taking them to church and doing things if, if I gave up a couple hours of my job like uh, I think that's one of the hardest ones for us to to uh, kind of work on because a lot of us like oh we gotta have this great work ethic and great work ethic isn't working all the time is working really hard when you're supposed to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so whether, okay, um, whether it's fear or selfishness or busyness, here's another one. You just stopped spending time with Jesus. That's another reason you may not actually be living like Jesus because <laughs> um, you don't know what he lives like because you haven't been with him in a while. Right. Uh, I have a really good, I had a really, 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 really good friend when we were younger. I'd say one of my best friends. I have not really talked to this friend in um, 10, 15 years. Okay, so if you were to ask me, do you know him? In one sense, yes, I know him. We have a relationship. We used to be friends. In other sense, I don't know him at all. Like, I see him, and I don't know him. I don't know what to talk about with him, because I haven't talked to him in 10, 15 years, because I haven't spent time with him at all. Now... In this particular case, I left, I went, I got married, I, I, I moved out of state, and now I'm just back and that kind of stuff. But like, let's talk about Jesus. Do you know him? I mean, I'm not asking, did you get saved one time? Do you, do you know him? And you may not actually be acting as if 
you have faith. You may not actually be living out a difference-making faith in your life because you don't actually spend time with Jesus. You don't really know him, so you don't know what he lives like, and therefore you don't live like that. that that's maybe the first change you need to make. Um, without knowing your situation, I can't say how it's going to happen, but you don't find time for God. You make time for God. Right. And, and so whatever it looks like, in your, a lot of people love the mornings, and so do my kids, meaning I don't really get mornings off, right? <laughs> so for me, it's like the first hour I get to, um, to have with that's available. For me right now as a, as a pastor, I, I have the blessing of being able to do that when I get to work, so to speak. So I, I, I get to the church and I'm in my office. That's, that's when I've said, you know, I'm going to make time right now. Or in other seasons of my life, it's like in the evening right after the kids go to bed. But if you have the morning... That would be my preference. That's what I would prefer to do, but I just don't have that right now. Yeah. Um, if you have the morning, I mean, that's a great time before anything happens. You know, make time for God. Or maybe you're a night owl and you just want to stay up late. Hey, do it. Do it at night. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't People matter are, what time yeah. of day. <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah. But but spend time with Jesus because that's the, the important thing. Reality is real faith is seen in real life. Um, so, so again, if you're, if you're not seeing your real faith lived out in your life and God's speaking to you about that, ask the question, number one, is my faith fake news? And number two, if it's not, what needs to change? Um, we're, we're actually going to do this. We're going to create a, a follow-up episode to this episode. So if you've stuck with us this far, congratulations, you're, you're, you're awesome. We love you. We'd love to connect with you. Send us a, a message and let us know what you think. Um, but uh, we would love for you to check out the next follow-up episode. It's kind of like a bonus episode. Bonus episode, yeah. yeah. Of just six ways that you can spend time and uh, with Jesus and, and, and fill up on God's love in your life. Six ways that you can be filled up with the love of God in your life, um, whether it's every day or every week. Um, we want to talk about that in the next episode. Well, hey, thanks for listening today. We know that there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and you chose to listen to this one, and that really makes a big difference to us. That matters a lot, so thank you. We want to let you know that you can always head to JesusDoesn'tSuck.com to connect with us, view the show notes, and get links to anything we mentioned in this episode. Finally, if you've made it this far, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. It really does make a huge difference as we want to help you follow Jesus with confidence and enthusiasm. Because remember, following Jesus doesn't suck.